0: Pat Pat experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 5 Waiver Wire Pickup Power Rankings Ads Drops injury is going to discuss the running back snaps for a lot of these players and even some wide receiver routes plus a Monday Night Football preview a little bit later on. Normally the show comes out on Sunday evenings. I have a guest on. We recap. It felt like that was getting a bit too cluttered and a bit too rushed. So I think that dropping this on Monday mornings, it's still out there on Monday mornings for people to go into. And we have a lot more information on Monday mornings than I do on Sunday evenings while the Sunday Night Football game is going. If you want Full details, this is going to be the show for that. And I'll have my waiver wire pickup power rankings up on DKNation.com, but if you do want information on Sunday evening, the Mayo Media newsletter, it has player notes on every single game, the running back snaps that we have available at the moment, plus the Monday Night Football preview from Griffin Swanson is in there as well, plus a little bit of a look ahead to golf, which I'll have Monday evening with Ben Raza for the Shriners, if you're interested in golf whatsoever, but that's the way that I think that the format is going to work moving forward. We're going to switch it up on Mondays, make it a shorter show, but a more efficient show, uh, and have better information in it plus i'm far more well rested when i actually like sleep at night on sundays especially after a week of being sick here's a tip you got two kids and one of them gets sick like two weeks ago eventually it's going to get you and it's not going to be great stomach flus for everyone bad scene for like five of the seven nights of last week and that's why my energy level was down. Now it's back. Hopefully they can uh, remain healthy for a little bit before they get sent home with a runny nose and get us all sick One, over again. I know if you don't have kids, you don't give a shit, but hey, this is what we're, uh, this is the stage of my life that I'm in right now. I hope you enjoyed the free trial at runthesims.com. Got to use the optimizer, the single game showdown, the prop tools. It was really good this weekend. I actually did really well on DraftKings. The shitter lineup from the DraftKings show scored like 171 points. Didn't win any GPPs, but it was pretty good. Definitely catch in every contest that you played in. Even though Dak didn't throw for any yards, he threw for a ton of touchdowns. And DJ Moore, well... He came through and Dalton Schultz. Listen, he was the shitter tight end of the week and he came through. A solid, I think it was 16 points on the dot, even though we tried to fumble three times. None of them actually counted. So that was great news. So if you did enjoy runthesims.com, go to runthesims.com slash mayo. That will give you a discount on any level of membership that is out there right now. And good luck in the draws for the DraftKings tickets. I do want to recommend that everyone subscribe to that newsletter. I put the link down in the description. In there right now, you can find the full list of injuries the full running back snap shares, all of the player notes, that is all available to you right now. It's completely free. We send out three a week, uh, a lot with player notes for the games before Thursday night football, before Sunday, injury reports, everything like that in full cheat sheet fashion. So if you don't care about listening to me the entire time, just hit up the sheet and you'll be good to go. Promise. All right, smash like button to the video, sub to Mayo Media Network, and in the comment section, please give me your single favorite pickup long term. For the 2021 fantasy football season, there's some decent guys here. I don't know how long, especially at some of the positions, that these guys are going to last. And we'll start with running back. I did want to mention that I think one of the add-ons we're going to do at the end of the show to make it a bit more fun for the viewers is life advice, questions that you may have. I don't really care about fantasy football questions. I I answer those on Twitter. I'm also doing a giveaway on Twitter this Wednesday at the PME. I'll have 50 Millionaire Maker tickets on DraftKings, so you might want to follow over there so you have a chance to win one of those. Giving away 50 a week, it's always a lot of fun. Glad I can give back and and nudge DraftKings into giving me those tickets, so you might as well take advantage while I got them. But yeah, send uh, any questions that you may have, industry questions, life questions, and see how hilariously bad that I I can answer them. If I have some expertise on it, and I have a little bit of expertise on some things not a ton on a lot of things but you know if you have a question for me the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com just send it in and I'll pick one a week and we'll go through it hey if we get a whole bunch of them and there's two good ones I'll do those at the end of the shows moving forward I'm actually super excited to be back on like doing the solo pod on Monday mornings like I said I feel reinvigorated just being sick sucks so much and that like one day after you don't have any more symptoms like your stomach doesn't hurt you're breathing well again you get all fired up so let's go running back Waiver Wire pickups for the week. Again, these are up on DKNation.com right now. Uh, Number one, Latavius Murray. Damian Williams, number two. Samaji Pirine, number three. A.J. Dillon, four. Kenneth Gainwell, five. J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber, Jeremy McNichols, Dwayne Washington, and Brandon Bolden. Those are the top 10 running back pickups. These are running backs who are available in less than 60% of ESPN.com leagues. Obviously, I don't know who's available in your league and who is not. There's some guys on this list who are better who are probably available, or maybe none of these guys are available. I can't do it for your own specific league, so please, just bear with me on this one. I have to go by some sort of standard. I know I say this every week, but I get the same questions every week. This guy is not available in my league. I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you, all right? Uh, Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch So I go from betting his over prop against the Lions. He essentially gets benched, and now he's a healthy scratch. Good times. I guess my initial lean of Latavius Murray's backfield in Baltimore will eventually be his... It's finally coming to fruition. I guess don't give yourself a big X after one week of it not working out. He was dropped in a bunch of spots, and I know Le'Veon Bell ended up with nine carries in the game. That's because they were just ahead by so much. Once Teddy Bridgewater left that game, it was like, all right, uh, we can just run the ball for two yards a carry. They're not going to be scoring with Drew Locke, so let's not worry about it. Keep our team healthy in this scenario. And John Harbaugh even went to the full extreme of, continuing to rush the ball at the end of the game so they can continue their streak of over 100-yard rushing games. Good on him. I know people are all pissed off about it. You know what? Be better. How about that, Denver defense? Be better, and then that won't happen to you. You won't get to ha- get to be embarrassed in that situation. So uh, I like Murray. I think long-term he's the play. Will he be ranked ahead of Damian Williams or Samaj P. Ryan next week if David Montgomery can't go or Joe Mixon can't go? Absolutely not. But when those guys come back, those other two are kind of useless. So Murray seems like he is a more sustained play moving forward. Now, if you're just looking for a one or two week hitter, Williams and P. Ryan are most definitely the spots to go into. I suppose I should go over the injuries at running back. Uh, Josh Jacobs, we don't know about Monday Night Football yet. That will come out later in the day. I wouldn't expect him to play, but crazier things have happened. Uh, Joe Mixon, that ankle injury. No idea. We have not got a status update on him. He could be back for week five. He could be out for four weeks. It depends on the extent of this ankle sprain. Uh, David Montgomery, went down with what looked like a pretty serious knee injury. Ian Rapoport reported after the game that it's not going to be season ending, but he could miss some significant time. And then let's say he missed six weeks. I'd probably elevate Damian Williams above Latavius Murray, but right now, like, he could miss two weeks. And then what are you what are we really doing here? So just keep a monitor on what's going on with David Montgomery. And I'll adjust the waiver wire rankings after the Monday night game. And I'll discuss it with Seeley on Tuesday's show to see you know if Damian Williams all of a sudden boosts up the list. Because with Justin Fields playing quarterback, running lane should be there for a lot of people. Uh, and if that's gonna be Damian Williams, then good on him. Let's go with Damian Williams. And the number, his new number just really screws me up. Like, that guy looks so small with a, with a single digit number and then it's like oh no that's actually damian williams just i'm still getting my mind wrapped around especially when like backups come in like, it took me forever to figure out that Chase Edmonds and James Connor were two different guys wearing the two, wearing the six. James Connor looks so slender wearing number six that he actually now looks like Chase Edmonds in that like bulky Steelers uniform wearing 30. He was just he looked sort of like a mini tank and now he just he looks smelt, he looks like a pass catching back. Well, that's not what he does, he just steals goal line carries from everyone on Arizona and pisses everyone off. Not great news. Tony Jones got carted off with an ankle injury for the Saints, that's why Dwayne Washington is on that list right now because it looks Looks like he will become the primary backup to Elvin Kamara. I don't know if he would end up taking over the full role from Elvin Kamara. Ty Montgomery is still on this team, and we know that he can work as a hybrid running back wide receiver. And the problem right now is, like, Kamara's running all these routes, but he's not getting catches because this offense is god-awful. So... It's tough. He's seeing this elevated volume. His role is very secure, very safe. But the fantasy production is just, their offense is so predictable at the moment is that you can just load up and take out Alvin Kamara and hope that Jameis doesn't beat you. That's all the Giants did, and it worked. So that might be a game plan against the Saints going forward. But so far, they have one outright and covered as an underdog in two of their four games when they were both underdogs as favorites in two games. They have outright lost so far this season. So they might be that team. When they're an underdog, take them. When they're a favorite, go against them. Seems to be the play with the Saints. The defense didn't look as good as it normally does either. Eli Mitchell didn't play. Gio Bernard didn't play. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, he didn't play either. Uh, Eli Mitchell, I would guess, returns next week. Sermon looked good. For the Niners against the Seahawks, and it's a pretty gravy matchup. The issue is, is now, especially that Trey Lance is starting at quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo out for at least two to six weeks, maybe more with his calf injury. We'll see if it's an Achilles problem after they go for their MRI on Monday, but he doesn't really check down to the running backs at all. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk does seem to be the primary pass catcher out of this backfield. So that really stunts what your fantasy upside is going to be. Like, look, at Sermon. If Sermon... If Sermon scores a touchdown, it's a pretty good week. But now he's in the situation where if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably going to score under 10 fantasy points. That's just the reality of the situation. And that might go with Elijah Mitchell as well. We don't even know how that backfield is going to be divvied up moving forward at the same time. So... It's a tough scene. You want the running back snapshares, like I said, hit the description. It's in the Mayo Media newsletter, just the chart for you. I posted it on Facebook. I posted it on Twitter. It's all up there right now. But there's a few more guys that I wanted to talk about. Miles Sanders being chief among them. So... The Eagles don't run the ball ever. Maybe it's because they've been trailing the last two weeks, but it did seem like every time Miles Sanders touches the ball, it seems like he has a full head of steam and he's very difficult to stop. But now Kenneth Gainwell is getting far more involved in this offense, looking at the snap shares right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. Where are we at, Philadelphia Eagles? I had this highlighted and now I can't find it. Of course, that's always how it's going to go with me, isn't it? Ah, there we are. Let's find Eagles. Now I have to do a control F search on this and feel like a moron in the situation here we go Miles sanders played 47 snaps kenneth gainwell only 29 snaps uh routes run Miles sanders way ahead in that but only ended up with three catches gainwell runs 20 routes and catches six balls so it does seem like the preference is to use kenneth gainwell plus he does seem to have a far larger role in this offense once they get inside the 20 it's not that you need to be starting kenneth gainwell he's good you should be like rostered on your team. If you're any, if you're in a 14 team or more, most definitely have Kenneth Gainwell on your team. You always have to worry about hurts stealing touchdowns and a lot of the rushing attempts and Gainwell doesn't seem like he's really going to penetrate that all that often. Uh, When it comes down to it, like in the game, you know, three carries, but if he's going to get valuable touches, a lot like James Conner inside the 10 yard line, then there is something to it. It just really hurts miles sanders where we came into the season thinking hey you know what we're, we're worried about this situation but we do see a path to upside if he was getting 15 touches a game this would be a different situation uh instead he ended up with 10 in the game like even against a bad chiefs defense that's just not going to cut it from a stability standpoint in your fantasy lineup like that's going to put him firmly as a low end running back to probably a flex play honestly he's probably just a guy you don't want to play until we do see a modicum of stability out of this team. So that is a difficult situation to be in right now. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, I think is going to be pretty good going forward. I actually was quite impressed with how he looked. Now with the Panthers trailing most of this game, or at least in the second half of this game, we saw a lot of hot Rodney Smith who... Worked as the primary pass catcher. He ran 19 routes to Chuba Hubbard's 10. Royce Freeman only played 12 snaps. I wasn't too concerned about him. Ended up with three carries, but 13 carries for Chuba Hubbard in a situation with the Panthers having a pretty decent upcoming schedule. And he'll backdoor his way into a few receptions. Had two, had a few in the Thursday night game. But it does seem like he's not going to take the Christian McCaffrey role like some of us hoped and maybe expected that he would do. He's still a start in fantasy formats unless sam darnold steals every rushing touchdown ever but rodney smith in deeper ppr formats he's essentially going to act like a jd mckissick where he's never a guy that you're going to feel comfortable starting or want to start or probably should start but he's going to have sort of these spike games that come out of nowhere and it's like oh great Uh, i wish those balls would have gone to chuba hubbard but alas they didn't i did want to say that we've Kind of picked up on most of the top-end handcuffs so far. I mentioned Dwayne Washington for Camaro. Jeremy McNichols seems like if anything were ever to happen to Derrick Henry, McNichols is going to be really good. He should be rostered. Like, if you have space on your bench and you're just speculating whether you have Henry or not, you could backdoor your way into a top-15 running back. And it's funny— Because obviously he's not as good as Derrick Henry and won't produce like Derrick Henry does because Derrick Henry is going to touch the ball upwards of 30 plus times in a game, even when they're losing, which is great news for Derrick Henry owners. But McNichols is actually involved in the receiving game. They will throw to him with a plan. Now, they've been trying to get Derrick Henry more involved in the receiving game. Let's go to the Les Titans for a second here and check out the routes run. It was, you know, 18 routes run for Derrick Henry. Jeremy McNichols had 30, you know, he played 36 snaps. Like, when he's on the field, he is running routes. If you started to mix in, like, if something happened to Derrick Henry, now you're talking about, like, 15, 16 carries a game, probably five to seven targets based on this offense, even when julio and aj brown return you're talking about like a kareem hunt type of player but one that will probably get all of the goal line work because there's no one to take away from him at all he'd probably be a top 12 running back if anything was to happen to derrick henry so that's the sort of speculation that you want even in shallower leagues probably not a 10 team league because you know whatever but in 12 team leagues and more Jeremy McNichols, put him on your bench and reap the rewards should anything happen. If not, you're, it's not like you're ever going to play him. He's going to hurt you. Although well, he could have played him this week with his eight catches, which was kind of ridiculous. Brennan Bolden. So this one was really interesting because he ended up with the, I thought that J.J. Taylor would assume the James White pass catching role, but that actually went to Brandon Bolden for the second consecutive week. They told us essentially what they were going to do. I just chose not to believe them like an idiot. Stevenson was a healthy scratch. Once again, it seems like they want no part of him, sort of the trend with rookie running backs right now over the past few years in New England. But it's Damian Harris who really stuck out to me in this game and a really nice buy low candidate at the moment because he actually ran more routes than Brandon Bolden 17 to 11 in this game he just didn't end up with the catches but the fact that he is out there running routes it's just like Hansel when it comes to talking about Sting you know I don't really listen to his music the fact that he's out there making it is a big inspiration but running those routes for Damian Harris big inspiration to me it's not like he's gonna be Christian McCaffrey but the fact that he has the potential, especially with short-throwing Mac Jones out there dumping the ball off, if eventually they trust Damian Harris enough to actually start throwing him the ball and you know having him in pass protection, he's going to get most of the ground game against non-Tampa Bay teams who you can't run on. And then all of a sudden, if you start adding in like three, four catches a week, Damian Harris moves up the board a lot. And we've really seen a lot of these mid-tier running backs just do absolutely nothing. So when you have someone with that sort of stability and terms of his rushing share and his goal line share. If you can just add a pinch. Look how much better Derrick Henry was the past few weeks when he's catching three balls a game. You took a, gr- a awesome running back and made him even better in that circumstance. So you could have Damian Harris as sort of like the homeless man's Derrick Henry if things start to break his way and his role in the receiving game does improve just a little bit. Mike Davis and Court Harrell Patterson. I can't for the life of me figure out why I mean Mike Davis scored the touchdown, that was great and If it wasn't for Derrick Henry, Cordero Patterson would be the number one fantasy running back at the moment, which is just bonkers to think about. But just think about the snap share for a second. 51 snaps... For Mike Davis, 23 for Cordero Patterson. Well, it's like, oh, well, Cordero Patterson, he's the one out there running routes. I saw him catch these touchdowns. Like, he's a legit receiver. Like, don't get me wrong. But it's very specialized. But like, if the teams just saw like, oh, Cordero's on the field, let's double cover him because that's the play. Because that is the play every time that he's on the field. This efficiency is impossible to Sustained. I'm not saying that Cordero Patterson. I was dead wrong on Cordero Patterson. He's going to be a valuable fantasy asset. But there's going to be weeks where he leaves you holding the bag. Because he doesn't play enough. So in routes run. Yeah, he's the great receiver. Mike Davis ran 31 routes. To Cordero Patterson's 12 routes. It didn't manifest in anything. Cordero ends up with three touchdowns and five catches. Mike Davis ends up with two catches and 13 carries and does absolutely nothing on the ground. So when Cordero Patterson's in the game, they are using him. That's great news. But with Mike Davis, his numbers suggest that he should be a lot better with the opportunities that he should have provided for him. I don't know what's going on with him. You're watching these games and Atlanta will look like the Atlanta we have in our minds for like two minute stretches, and then Ridley's dropping balls, and Matt Ryan's trying to throw balls off of his ass after pump faking on fourth down for no reason. It's like what what are you doing? What is going on with this offense? At some point in the season, it feels like everything's going to click. Maybe it's this week against the Jets in London. It's a very soft secondary, a tougher defense to run. I'm probably not a great situation for Mike Davis. I'm probably a good one for Cordero Patterson. But they finally figured out a way. It's funny with with all the talent on this team that. It took 10 years essentially for Cordero Patterson to be used in the proper way. And this is it sort of queen on the chessboardy, where you can play him in the backfield, play him outside, run him out of the slot, run him in motion, just create horrible mismatches because he's such a giant body uh, that you can get him matched up on like a small safety. You can get him matched up on one of these smaller corners. And like I said, it's a huge mismatch, especially when he has a bunch of momentum coming forward, running out of the backfield or running in motion. So I like Cordero Patterson moving forward. It's going to be tough to rely on him as as a top end performer but it, he's going to be someone you're going to start every single week now at least until he goes busto which again could come this week but Mike Davis I'm concerned about but not to the extent he's not going to be the guy that I was hoping he would be as like running back 15 coming into the season but he's like more like running back 23 for the rest of the year he's stable he's in that like slightly elevated frank gore on your fantasy team role you're never excited to start him but if you need someone he's going to touch the ball which means he's going to score touchdowns he's going to have a few good games but the plotting him being mediocre that's just sort of par for the course at this time watch out for chris carson as well uh carson didn't I mean he played more snaps than Collins did but they kept you know Russell Wilson was running a little bit more around the goal line only ended up with two carries but he Chris Carson only played 46 percent of the snaps and that's a real issue because he's someone who should be up around the 70 percent the entire time now Alex Collins only played 13 percent and this is something I discussed with Sealy on the ranking show that it seemed like Chris Carson hurt himself last week and I don't know if he was hurt or not, but it seemed like he was limited in some sort of capacity. So I would monitor his health report moving forward. He could be actually be a really nice buy low coming off a bad game. And the Niners' defense is tough, especially against the run. And they were hassling Russell Wilson, at least for the first quarter and a half of that game, Wilson couldn't do anything. And then they finally figured out what was going on. Then Jimmy goes down, Trey Lance comes in. They can be a bit more conservative in their play calling. And it really did work out for them. But... I'd watch out with Chris Carson because he might be banged up and they're not telling that he's playing through the pain, a lot like Dalvin Cook did this week, although he played more snaps and Alexander Madison didn't out-touch Alexander Madison. That's going to be Dalvin Cook's backfield going into next week. Don't worry about that. With Carson, this could linger for a little bit longer, so just be fully cognizant of that going in. When it comes to hydration, there's one product that professional athletes just can't get enough of. Elevate Hydration. From Beam, I'm talking about racing legend Danica Patrick, PGA Tour winner Billy Horschel. They swear by elevated hydration because when you're not hydrated, well, we know the feelings—from headaches to fatigue—you simply don't feel your best. Elevate gives your body the electrolytes it's craving, thanks to a supercharged stack of electrolytes like coconut water and pink Himalayan Himalayan, like coconut water and pink Himalayan sea salt sourced entirely. From nature. Plus, they make your water taste amazing. I have been using beam, to be perfectly honest with you, because I enjoy a nice wine from time to time. Uh, to get rid of my hangovers in the morning is pound some beam before I go to bed with my water and then have some more when I wake up. It feels hungover, and that is a huge win for Pat Mayo when you do so many shows in the morning. You want a nice, I wouldn't say it's a hangover cure. You want your headaches to kind of subside in the mornings? Beam is where you want to be. Elevate comes in three flavors for specific needs. There's Elevate Balance, made with pre-probiotics for digestive balance. Elevate Energy, made with caffeine for sustained energy. And elevate recovery that's me made with collagen peptides and branch chain amino acids for tired muscles and joints so here it is our listeners the listeners of the show right now can get a free elevate sample pack by going to beamorganics.com mayo that's b-e-a-m organics.com mayo to get your free sample pack stay hydrated y'all and Comes with the Pat Mayo personal endorsement of better energy in the morning after wine. As most listeners of the Pat Mayo experience can attest, then I'm kind of a pretentious jerk, but that applies to my real life too, just very quietly, not as boisterous as I am on this show, because I'd rather be caught dead than wearing my favorite pair of sweatpants outside the house. And why is it that clothes that are the most comfortable are the most unattractive? Fortunately, i got a solution for that. That's why you got to check out Public Rec. They make elevated athleisure wear in multi-dimensional sizes because they believe that comfort starts with a better fit. And I can attest to this. I received my Public Rec pants in the mail the other day, just started wearing them outside, and no one can tell the difference, and they are completely comfortable. They look like real pants, not jogging pants. They're absolutely awesome excellent. Highly recommend that you go to Public Rec and check this out. Their best-selling all-day everyday pant is now available in over 40 different sizing combinations that can fit men anywhere from 5'8", that's me, to nearly 7 feet tall. That's not me, but that could be you. A better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants look good. Now your favorite lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work, happy hour, the gym, wherever it is. After a year at home, they're the pants that you need. Public Rec spent years engineering the perfect blend of softness stretch and durability it's all the performance benefits you love with the added style for more formal occasions they also have zipper pockets so no more having your phone or wallet fall out of your pants when you sit down problem for me by the way zipper pants let's go they come in nine different colors one for each day of the week and then some because as you may know checking out the gregorian calendar there are only seven days in the week and that way you don't have to double up on pants either nine different colors match any combination you want with your shoes Pat, whatever it may be. Public Rec rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Go to publicrec.com and use promo code Mayo, M-A-Y-O, to receive 10% off. That's publicrec, R-E-C, dot com, and use our promo code Mayo for 10% off. Remember to smash a like to the video, by the way, and subscribe to Mayo Media Network as we talk about wide receiver injuries. DJ Chark, he's probably done for the season. Will Fuller hurt his hand, and he came into the week with a chest injury. Albert Wilson took over his snaps. Wouldn't really be concerned too much about Albert Wilson, but it's great news for, I mean, is anything good news in this Dolphins offense right now? Not really. But Jalen Waddle. After he got three passes in like the first five minutes of the game, that wasn't used again. That seems strange. So Jalen Waddle would still be the guy I would want to play. Although Devontae Parker balled out a little bit, made one amazing catch that didn't count. He makes some like circus catches throughout the course of the game. He's very good. Just they don't have the proper quarterbacks to utilize his skill set properly. When he finally finds himself on a new team or with someone who can really slung it, Devontae Parker is going to be awesome. We saw that with Fitz. Just go back and just chuck it to Devontae. He'll go up and get it for you no problem now can he stay healthy not really but when he is healthy he's pretty good uh let's see diami brown left with a knee injury cam sims left with a hamstring injury for the washington football team Curtis Samuel was not as healthy as I expected. He was fourth in the team in routes run, ended up with four targets, didn't have a great game, but we saw a lot more of Adam Humphreys in that spot. Logan Thomas goes out for Washington as well. Expect to see more Curtis Samuel moving forward, and that will reflect in the waiver wire pickup rankings. Deontay Spencer for the Broncos hurt his chest as well. Then we got Hinton back in the game, not playing quarterback, playing receiver, but if Teddy's not going to play, it's a real tough going. For a lot of these guys, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Elijah Moore, Russell Gage, Chase Claypool, Marcus Velda, Scantling, Miles Boykin, Rashad Bateman, Scotty Miller and Danny Amendola all did not play this week. And when we go to the waiver wire pickup power rankings for wide receiver for the week, I have Manuel Sanders at number one. Great matchup with the Chiefs coming up as well, but he just continues to produce on the field as teams locked down on Stefan Diggs. That's eventually going to change. But the Bills right now seem very content with beating the crap out of bad opponents. And if they want to double cover Diggs, so let's try to keep him healthy for the moment. I would expect Diggs to have a big week against the Chiefs because they have no answer. They can triple team him. And three Chiefs defenders do not equal one Stefan Diggs in what you would expect to be a shootout. So Sanders, Curtis Samuel, who, again, I expect to be much healthier moving forward. And now that entire offense is a triage unit. So expect him to actually take away some of the role from Adam Humphreys in the slot and probably from JD McKissick too once he's back at 100% full speed. Jamison Cratter, Rashad Bateman at number four. Tim Patrick got downgraded because of the Drew Locke situation right now. Darnell Mooney Tunes well, we talked him up on the Sunday morning and Saturday show, and all of a sudden, boom! Those air yards were realized as soon as they let Justin Fields throw the ball downfield. Wouldn't expect it every week, but at least we know that he sustains that upside once again. Just like Christian Kirk, it's either going to be a big Kirk game or a nothing Kirk game. We got a nothing Kirk game. He's sort of a he's the all or nothing type of guy that if you need a big game out of someone off your bench, plug him in, cross your fingers, pray hope for the best that he scores two touchdowns because he has that type of upside in him. Just the downside is so, so bad. Rondell Moore, KJ Osborne, Zach Pascal, who turns out when you're not seeing end zone targets, You don't do anything. Michael Pittman is averaging over 10 targets a game over the past three, though. That is the type of consistency we want to see, even though Carson Wentz reeks. He's trying to get the ball to Michael Pittman. Terrace Marshall at number 11. Yeah, you don't need any of those guys. Um, Some situations to monitor. I mentioned Darnell Mooney. What does that do with Alan Robinson, who I believe has zero top 40 performances at wide receiver, and he's seeing his route share drop, his target share drop. It's a bad spot for Allen Robinson, who I loved coming into the year. I thought it would be great. And maybe eventually he'll establish a rapport with Justin Fields. But with how this offense is working, it's not even Fields at the moment. Like, you just kind of scan through what's going on. The Jags ran 55 plays on Thursday night that's not great news. The Patriots ran 54 plays on Sunday evening. Like, that's not the pace that we want to see sustained. The Seahawks only ran 54. So where are we looking at here for our boys, the Chicago Bears? Where are they? Because they were way down. Did they even end up cracking anything here? Yeah, 57 plays for the Chicago Bears. Like, especially when you're running so much between fields and the running backs, it just doesn't it just doesn't leave a lot of opportunity. So even if you are Mooney or Allen Robinson's like, oh, Allen Robinson, 24% target share. Well, that's great and everything, but if you're never throwing the ball, it doesn't really mean anything. It's not resulting in a Michael Pittman-esque 11 targets. It's resulting in four targets. And you would have to be so hyper-efficient with that that Allen Robinson's got to stay down in the rankings until they figure this out. Straight up, like he's benchable. You can start random other dudes, start Emmanuel Sanders over him. Like, I know that sucks, but... You have to at least live in the reality. And sometimes the best way to get out of the hole isn't to dig up and just keep doing the same thing. Gotta switch it up a little bit here. And hey, if Allen Robinson goes off on your bench and he's back to 11 targets, you know what? Good news for your team moving forward. But you can't have this anchor. On your roster, I mean, you can have them on your roster. You can't have them in your starting lineup right now because it's just been absolutely brutal. For things like DraftKings purposes or in a prop total, once you see that devalued, yeah, you can start going over and taking some low ownership shots because you can really reap the single week reward of doing that. But for season long purposes, it's not a situation that you want to be in at running back or at wide receiver, sorry, with Allen Robinson. Josh Gordon could be active next week for the Bills. And I thought this was really interesting. If we go through the snap share of the Chiefs, uh, it was a bizarre situation because Demarcus Robinson actually ran... The second... That's not how you spell Chiefs. There we go. Actually ran the second most routes out of anyone on the Chiefs and ended up with zero targets in the game, which is kind of hard to believe, especially... Just everything went to Tyreek Hill. Even Travis Kelsey uh, in that matchup ended up with six targets. So 12 for Tyreek Hill, six for Travis Kelsey. They didn't need anyone else. Three for hard man and the heir to the chip fortune, Byron Pringle, ends up with two. But like I said, Demarcus Robinson ran more routes than... Nicole Hartman in that game, 24 to 23 to 12 for Byron Pringle. So, I mean, they didn't run that many, I mean – Let's see. Travis Kelsey played fifty-nine snaps. The Chiefs are usually a higher-paced team, but Philly had a ball had the ball for a lot of that game because the Chiefs scored so quickly a lot of the time that it was just an odd situation against the Bills. I think it's going to be a bit of a different story. Although the Bills' defense has been really good, it's hard to judge how good the Bills' defense is because they really haven't played any good offenses yet. Like they shut down Pittsburgh's offense completely and then lost on a special teams muff uh, where they blocked a punt. That almost happened to the Steelers again. That's and it's funny because that's when we spelled it out on the spread show. Like that's how the Steelers Steelers would have to cover and it happened in the Packers game. They had the block field goal touchdown, but it just got reversed. Like that happens. That entire game is completely different. The penalty negated it. That's how they beat the bills in week one, but the bills defense completely stymied the Pittsburgh offense. Then they played Miami, Washington and Houston. Yeah. They beat the crap out of them and didn't allow any yards or basically any points. Shut out two of those teams. What does that really tell you? Those offenses are absolute garbage against the chiefs. Maybe the bills defense is legit and for real. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. So it's going to be a tough situation. I wouldn't stay away from any Chiefs players. In daily, listen, in your season long leagues, obviously you're starting your Chiefs. But in the Josh Gordon situation, if he gets put into this game, he couldn't have found a better spot to go to, really. And not necessarily, in terms of trying to be an efficient player. Like, clearly, they don't like Demarcus Robinson. They don't like Nicole Hartman. Or they would just use these guys more. If Josh Gordon can be a stabilizing force, almost in the Sammy Watkins role, it's going to be boom or bust. And it's not going to be consistent. But he could be really good. And not like wide receiver one, wide receiver two. But a guy that you play at wide receiver three for upside every single week? Like... Hell, if you have Allen Robinson, you might as well go pick up Josh Gordon. Play him if he ends up starting this week because Lord knows you don't want that Allen Robinson situation. In the Giants receiving core, we saw some hunky Tony. We saw some John Ross on the go. The issue is going to be when Slayton and Shepard end up returning. What happens to these guys? Probably they go to the bench and then Slayton and Shepard end up starting. Tony is the one who has the best ability to, like, John Ross is going to play the Slayton role. That's very clear. Uh, And Tony kind of stepped in, along with Colin Johnson last week, to that Sterling Shepard role. When Shepard is back and Tony are back, it seems like they're probably going to divvy up. I don't know about the snap shares, because Evan Ingram also patrols the slot. A lot and runs those seam routes and shorter routes in the Giants' offense. So you probably, I mean, I don't want to play Tony. I just don't want to involve myself in this defense or in this offense too much. But, Shepherd would be the one I would want, although Slayton might actually be the superior play playing opposite of Galladay because you figure that he's going to be out there the majority of the time. Well, those other three who man the middle of the field, the hash marks, might divvy up a lot of snaps, might divvy up a lot of targets, unless there really is a lean from Daniel Jones just to feed the ball to Sterling Shepard like we've seen a lot of the time. So just be cognizant of that before you go pick someone up because, oh my God, what a game for John Ross or Kadarius Toney, oh my God, they finally use him. First round pick. Maybe you're right. I wouldn't buy too much into it. Tight ends for the week. Well, I think we, Jake and I will do a complete readjustment at the tight end position this week because we have a lot of injuries and guys that are just good now. Like Dawson Knox is good. I don't know if this keeps up every single week, but he has been amazing. He's number one in the pickup rankings. Dalton Schultz is number two because... Other teams don't cover Dalton Schultz. It's really bizarre. I know that there's a lot of weapons on the Cowboys, but eventually it's like, man, this guy is standing wide open, two feet from the end zone every single week probably should cover him uh i thought he'd go busto this week after everyone kind of glommed on and like like i said he tried to fumble three times in the game none of them actually stuck but like it was just really weird stuff so dawson knox dalton schultz max williams tyler conklin pat Firemouth, and cj's secret of the uzma i wouldn't expect his role to really be there once t higgins returns from action which is probably going to be this week so Probably have to put Uzma back to the bench. If you streamed him, congratulations congratulations to you. You got one of the better tight end games of the year from a streaming spot. Um, now you can go back. Uh, if Mike Kosicki is available too, with Jacoby Brissett, he's actually been quite good. If anyone runs a route within five yards of the line of scrimmage, Jacoby Brissett has eyes for those guys because that is the... Those, those are the completions that he likes to make. Jacoby came through for me too. Uh, that was a run the Sims special as we gave out uh, over 18 and a half completions is one of the strongest plays of the week. And he came through with 20 completions. He was on pace to like shatter that after, like I said, like three minutes. Then they did nothing for about 30 minutes of the game. Then he ended up storming back being down. So thank you, Jacoby Brissett, for coming through for us in that situation. Injuries, Logan Thomas will probably be out a week to four weeks with a hamstring injury. Ricky Seals-Jones, I mean it's it's that time of the year again so Ricky Ricky Seals Jones waiver wire discussion you can pick up Ricky Seals Jones I'll probably throw him in you know what I'll throw him in over Firemouth uh just f- as a streamer only because there are so many opportunities. Like I said, there's three guys that went down in that offense. We still have Curtis Samuel getting back to full strength. That Ricky Seals-Jones could just see a bunch of targets moving forward, uh, at least in the short term while Logan Thomas is out. It's just going to be all McLaurin all the time. But Ricky Seals-Jones is someone who's 100% available. You can go pick up. Rob Gronkowski and Gerald Everett both missed the game. We tried to have a Will Disley week. It never materialized. Two catches. Thanks, Walt Disley, for doing nothing. Back to the waiver wire for you, pal. Uh, and for Gronk being out, Howard actually outsnapped Cameron Braid 51 to 49. But the routes run were more than double in favor of Cameron Brait. So Cameron Brait is the tight end that you would want to try to stream. Not going to be good by any means uh, in terms of a consistent type of player. But that's where you want to go if you're going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense at the moment. All right. We got some streamers at quarterback. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo has been. I mean, we don't know the extent of his injury. He has a calf injury. I've dealt with a calf injury now. I mean, me and Jimmy Garoppolo, as you can see by our jawlines, essentially the same person. Me, also a professional athlete. I know how this works. But I did have a calf strain. I actually had a mini tear in my calf uh, about, uh, it was last October. It was almost a year ago now, and I'm still rehabbing it to this day. Uh, Obviously, he has a bit more muscle than old Pat Mayo, a bit of a better athlete than old Pat Mayo. But it's a really tricky one. You see calf injuries, they don't seem like much because, they're really hard to diagnose, and it depends on where it is. And I've become a calf expert over the years because you have your big muscle in your calf, but you also have the solus, which is the inside part of your calf, and that's actually where I had my mini tear, and just rehabbing that is so tough because there aren't very many strengthening exercises you can do to your solus, and the problem is once you have a calf injury, and this is what happened to me, it deteriorates and makes your Achilles tendon really weak, and that's why you see a sustained period of time of people being out with calf injuries. It's not necessarily that the calf is hurting them anymore it's just if they go up to full speed that the all of the onus if the calf is de-strengthened you need to rehabilitate that and get it back up to full strength or the onus in your leg actually gets put on the achilles tendon then all of a sudden you're especially when you're a pro athlete and you're running at full speed and taking giant hits and having to pivot off that especially when it is your throwing foot where you have to plant just putting that much pressure on your achilles could be real bad news if you enjoy walking so I would expect him to be out the six weeks, maybe more. We'll see when the MRI comes back, if there is an Achilles problem there, because those all interconnect with one another. Uh, so tough news, man. Jimmy's a good quarterback. I'm happy to see Trey Lance in, because that's just exciting uh, for the most part, uh, especially for fantasy purposes. But even my enjoyment of viewing purposes, like there, there's an electricity when he's in. He's sort of like must-watch TV um, when they're on, even when they were down in that game, it's like, oh man, what's Trey Lance going to do now? He's so raw, but you can just see the upside and that arm strength. Once he can harness that arm strength a little bit, because He's not. He's a real big fan. Good thing Debo has like solid hands because it's almost like the old Favre. He's standing like three feet away from someone and throwing it as hard as he can to them. Uh, that's going to result in some picks because it's going to go through guys' hands because they're not expecting the ball to be whipped at them, you know, 85 miles per hour when you know just a simple thump pass would do to hit the guy in stride so he can continue running his route. But it's just like whoosh, the entire time with Trey Lance. Eventually, you know, he'll learn just to tap the X button, and then you can put some lob on the ball or just take a little bit of speed off of it. So Trey Lance going to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers moving forward. And as I mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater sustained a concussion against Baltimore. Once that happened, I knew my overplay in that game was completely out the window. So I just ripped up the ticket. I mean, I didn't have a ticket. It was a digital ticket. I just stopped looking at it at that point and wrote it down and uh, chalked it up to a loss in my bankroll tracker and went on my way with the situation. Fortunately, the gold picks on the Friday show all came through. Me, Robin, and Cam swept the board for the third time in four weeks. That is always a positive sign. So I saw people parlaying together the three gold picks. I felt really good about the Bills, even at minus 17, and they doubled that because the Bills are good and the Texans are awful. It just took us a few weeks to... People just, you see that number and it's so hard to go through. And just with the Bills, they're becoming the new Baltimore. They're going to kick the shit out of bad teams over and over and over again. So the streamers for the week, hopefully Teddy can be back. That would be great news for every Broncos player. Drew Locke is not in these terms of streaming. Number one, I got Kirk Cousins against the lions sam darnold at home against the eagles Trevi, trevor lawrence i mean if zach wilson can put up a game let's see if Trevi can do it against the titans obviously no dj chark but with marv with james robinson now receiving out of the backfield tarzan dan arnold working his way in post trade and obviously our guy lavisca chenault Um, he's gonna have some weapons here and he's running a little bit more too which is nice to see so he's number three daniel jones against dallas number four trey lance at arizona you can talk yourself into higher in this one. I'm just going to be pensive week one with him as a streamer. Zach Wilson against Atlanta. Mac Jones against Houston. All the rookies have really nice matchups. Arizona isn't a great matchup, but you can throw on them. like You can get fantasy points against them because they're going to score 40 points. So it's a lot of catch-up time. Justin Fields at Las Vegas as well. That's a typo. That says AR, not AR. At there we go. Um, they Fields will get it figured out eventually. He's just not there yet in terms of overall fantasy upside. Streaming D's. For the week, we got New England at Houston. New England was dropped, surprisingly, on mass. I didn't expect them to have them in streamers, but they fell to 57% ownership. So there's a chance that they're available in your league. And there's also a chance that Pittsburgh is available in your league as well because no one wanted to play them against the Packers. I think some people did. But just scan the waiver wire to see if they're out there. Denver as well, Baltimore as well, because that wasn't a super popular streaming play last week. But New England at Houston. Dallas at home against the Giants. This Dallas pass rush is good. I don't know where it came from. Micah Parsons apparently is just awesome. Opens up some lanes for Randy Gregory and all of a sudden pass rush is back. They were harassing poor safe space, Sam Darnold. They entered his safe space. Darnold did a pretty good job, but you know, they had a lot of QB pressures in that game. And against Danny Fums, you know, he's gonna give you some fantasy points. So dallas d number two tennessee at jacksonville arizona at home against san francisco take advantage of a rookie starting his first game usually a pretty good scenario especially when they're gonna have to pass a ton if arizona can get up in that spot and then baltimore at home against indy uh if you can play front runner against the colts and force carson wentz into making some horrible passes then that could be a good boost for any sort of defense monday night football let's get to it. Uh Griffin Swanson has the full preview with the DraftKings Showdown breakdown up on Mayo Media Network right now. Highly suggest that you go check that out. I want to talk a bit more. Um, I mean, we broke down the game on the spread show. I was the only one who took Vegas at plus three and a half. That is the line at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. But the single highest-rated Sims plays of the week. I wish I had put this into my best bet show because Robbie Anderson missed his overprop by a half yard, 46 and a half is the over-under. He gets caught in the shithole at 46 yards. And the worst part is, because I played him on DraftKings, I played him on Prize Picks, I bet his over prop, I really loved Robbie Anderson this week, and it was there for him. He got stuck. I thought that Diggs would cover DJ Moore most of the game, but that didn't turn out to be the case. Diggs was on Robbie Anderson. It's funny that opposing defenses treat Robbie Anderson like he's the number one, and kind of let DJ Moore eat up everything he wants underneath. Um, and I guess it kind of worked in this situation where they let DJ Moore do his thing and you know Dallas was able to win and capitalize on shutting down Robbie Anderson. But Robbie Anderson ran this crisp double route where he was gone in the fourth quarter and Darnold missed him by about two feet on the overthrow. But it was such a nice move and it was the over. It was everything all in one go like we wanted. Because Dallas's back end of their defense still isn't very good, they'll give up big plays. It's just Darnold could not capitalize on the few opportunities that he had. It just it was like a dagger into the heart. Being like, oh, if that if he catches that pass or he just has one more yard, I have a huge winning week in terms of betting. He doesn't get that yard, I lose for the week in terms of betting. Fortunately, I bet a ton on the Bills minus 17 and alternate spreads all the way up to minus 25. That helped out trying to recoup some money. But if Derek Carr can, it's my favorite prop of the week. Derek Carr. Over 23 and a half completions. That's on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. It has been juiced up to minus 135. There's more on that and the detail when we run the simulations 10,000 times at runthesims.com, which you can go and put in your custom VIG, put in your custom line stat for any player you want. If you love props, runthesims.com has you covered. It did great yesterday in terms of the game simulations. So runthesims.com slash mayo to get in on that uh, in terms of a discount. But the median projection for Derek Carr against the Chargers on Monday night is 29 completions. So... Uh, 23 and a half sounds like a massive over even at minus minus one thirty-five. I found it in another spot at 24 and a half at plus money because I'm greedy. That's what I took. So watch him complete 24 passes in this game. But that is the route that I am going to go. I'm not going to bet the spread. I'm not going to bet the money line. It's that single prop that I like the most from this game. Waller over catches as well. I think it's six and a half. The Chargers, especially with Derwin James, have been better against tight ends. Uh, actually, I might end up going ahead. I haven't bet the other one yet. Although when we get to prize picks, uh, I'll, I'll let you in on what what I'm doing in that game. But I also like Henry Ruggs over his yardage. I think it's 46 and a half. Let me just pull that up to check on it for a second. Let's see. Uh, players, I don't know what is going on. That's stats. Player parlay. Same game parlay could be a fun. Maybe we can fill out a same game parlay here. What can we do? Now uh, they only give you like certain things to do with this. I would go the over in terms of uh, in terms of completions though, because that's going to be stuck down pretty low. What is the rugs over here in receiving yards? Rugs is forty four and a half. Chargers are kind of banged up on defense. You can never get Derwin James and Bosa on the field at the same time. And that's just one big play for Henry Ruggs. I like the Ruggs over 44 and a half. So Ruggs over 44 and a half, 24 and a half over completions for Derek Carr. And where is the other one that I like? Why are they not showing this? Receiving yards for whatever reason, they don't have Mike Williams on the board right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. So I guess that transitions us into the prize picks. For the game, I gave these out in the newsletter. Again, you can sub to it free or just click the link and you can look at it for free and not sub in the the description of this video. However, ah, where are we at here? I'm riding a good one from last night's game. I had Nikhil Harry over nine and a half yards, and we got there at the very last second on his one catch, and I had the Antonio Brown over in that spot. So if you go to prizepicks.com, and this is especially good for people in states where sports betting isn't legalized because prizepicks is available in a ton of spots, use code MMN when you sign up, and you'll get a deposit match of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $200 easy stuff Um, and they'll pay you three times if you do the power play on everything so yeah I have Derek Carr over 24 completions that's what it is on prize picks and Mike Williams over 74 and a half receiving yards in that game $50 pays $150 Um, and I've been doing really good in the um, in the island games the Sunday has not been going well although if you do deposit right now You can still participate in the 7 Eleven contest. You're not going to catch up because guys are way out ahead. However, if you play with very small stakes and you just kind of want to get into it and get a feel for all of this stuff, the 7 Eleven contest bonus is probably where you want to be at. So, The contest is you just play an entry of either Thursday night and Sunday night props. No Monday night props in this one. So Thursday and Sunday props on prizepicks.com and using code MMN to sign up and make your deposit. You play a five-pick entry, overs or unders, for Thursday night or sun- Sunday football, and you have to make the five picks, and you enter it for $7.11. That's important because that qualifies it for the 7-Eleven Mayo Media Contest. Now, if you do that, and you get all five picks right, as anyone would by making a five-pick prize picks, uh, you get 10 times your money if you win. So you win $71. Now, if you get four picks correct you still win i think it's like 10 bucks for the week so you don't lose money if you go four or five but if you go five of five and have the seven dollar and eleven cent entry not only do you get your seventy one dollars for getting all five picks right you also get a bonus fifty dollars so that really equals 17 times your money which is the best multiplier on any site anywhere for low stakes players. So if you do want to try to build a bankroll and don't want to go broke after one week like a lot of people do when they try to start betting props, just allocate $7.11 every single week on prize picks. Make your five over over-under props. It's fun. And you get to compete with me and Cust and everyone else like that. Uh, and you can win 17 times your money. And it makes the ecosystem very sustainable. So even if you want to deposit uh, $50, use code MMN, they will give you $100. Then you can play for the entire season. Uh, and that's pretty good ROI for something that gives you you, know, you get in the game to root for it. You have your DraftKings lineups every single week, whether you're playing 20 bucks, whether you're playing 50 bucks, whether you're playing 10 bucks or five bucks. And this just gives you something to root for that's not that at the same time. You have two separate things to root for along with your fantasy team. So I highly recommend doing it. It's a lot of fun and it's a great way to build your bankroll. Like I said, in the Monday night football game, I like over Mike Williams, 74 and a half receiving yards, over. Garrett Carr, 24 completions. And if you want to play a three-way, the Henry the Henry Ruggs over 46 and a half receiving yards. I also quite enjoy for that game. We'll see if Josh Jacobs plays. If he doesn't, the Kenyan Drake. Let's see what Drake's over under right now is for reception. Because that one's been a, a good hitter for us. They haven't put any of the running backs on the board right now. Smart on their side, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, they're only offering... Um, Chargers running backs uh, as I talk right now once Josh Jacobs is either ruled in or out take a look at the Kenyon Drake receiving prop it's been lingering around one and a half and two and a half the past few weeks I've been betting it and it's been juiced up over the two and a half that's a really good spot to be in uh, especially if you think that they're going to be dogs in this game which they are but if you think that they're going to be within a score or trailing against the Chargers you're going to see a lot more Kenyon Drake on the field than you're going to see Peyton Barber and that will probably result in four or five Targets, and that's usually good for three or four receptions, and that's over two and a half. So that could be a nice one for you uh, tonight. But it's not as good as the Derek Carr with the medium projection at 29. So you can check that out at slash mayo to get yourself the discount on all the premium tools up there right now. If you do want to run a bunch of DraftKings showdown contests, the DIY simulator helps you punch in your own projections and it simulates a game 10,000 times and gives you optimal lineups, which you can choose from yourself based on your own. Projections, highly recommend doing that. Thank you all for watching. Remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the audio podcast, sub to Mayo Media Network, smash a like for the episode. We got through a ton here today. I actually quite enjoyed that. So for next week, uh, the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com will tack on some life advice to the end or any sort of industry questions that you have. I don't want to do start sick questions. Lauren and Laquan and Scott have your start sick questions answered if you just tweet at them. They'll answer it on Tuesday show and Thursday show on Mayo Media Network for Fantasy football picks and bets plus lauren does the live chat on sunday morning so there's plenty of people to answer your questions that's not what this is about this is the fill time on the show and hopefully have some fun along with it i hope you won in week four and if you haven't won yet best of luck on monday night and hopefully we can hit these props and win some mondays all right i'm pat mayo thank you for watching i'll see you next time pat mayo experience. Experience.